You are listening to a podcast by Spring Hill Church in Charlotte, North Carolina. Spring Hill Church is called to reach everyday people with God's grace, His unconditional love, and the life-changing power of His Word. Thanks for listening, and if you would like more information, you can visit us online at springhill.cc. All right, y'all. Well, we'll pray and we'll jump into the Word. I am ready for the Word tonight. How about y'all? Yes. Amen. Well, let's pray. Father, we give you praise and honor and glory tonight because you're good and your mercy endures forever. Father, we thank you for your love for us that will never fade away, never pass away. I thank you for all that you've done for us through the Lord Jesus Christ. We thank you that he died but is but is alive and, and rules and reigns forevermore. And yes. Lord, I just thank you and praise you that, that uh, we have the word of God tonight and we can approach the word with and study your word. And Father, I thank you for the ministry of the Holy Spirit. Jesus said he would reveal and bring truth to us. He would teach us. And so we expect to be taught tonight. We purpose in our hearts to receive from you, to release our faith right now, and to say that we're going to receive from the Spirit of God, and we will not be the same in Jesus' name. And Lord, we just thank you for it in advance, and we give you all the praise. And everybody said amen. Amen. All right. Well, if you want to turn in your Bibles with me to John 21, 25, and we're going to look there. That's our foundation scripture. And then I'm going to add one other scripture to uh, our foundation now that we're more than halfway done. Um, just this, as I was getting ready about, and just, you know, waiting until time to start, another scripture popped up in my spirit that I want us to look at. But let's look at John 21, 25. I'm going to read it from the uh, New King James first. And it says, There also uh, many other things that Jesus did, which if they were written one by one, I suppose that even the world itself could not contain the books that would be written. The Amplified Bible says that, And there are also many other things which Jesus did. And if they should all be recorded one by one in detail, I suppose that even the world itself could not contain or have room for the books that would have been written. And, you know, that just is amazing to me how um, a statement like that can be made about uh, someone. And, of course, we know we're talking about the Lord, but how in three and a half years of his life, he did that much and accomplished that much in ministering and and preaching and teaching and so forth. And so uh, I think that's remarkable. But Thank God, as we've said every week, the Holy Ghost made sure we had what we needed. And so all of the cases, all of the instances that we needed to know about, the Holy Spirit made sure we had them. And so I forgot to say this at the beginning, but this is week 14 of this series, talking about the healing works of Jesus. And uh, let's go over to Acts chapter 10, if you will. Acts chapter 10, familiar scripture, but... It just, um, as I said, as I was just kind of meditating and waiting for us to get started, this scripture came up in my spirit. Now, this is a message that Peter is preaching, and um, he's talking about the ministry of the Lord Jesus. And he said this, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power, who went about doing good and healing 
all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. Now, you could take this one verse and make a case about healing being the will of God. Number one, it says that the, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth, who went about doing good and healing. So if God was not for healing, then why did he anoint Jesus to go about and heal people? And uh, notice it says here that he went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil. The Amplified Bible for that word oppressed uses the word harassed. I like that. Mm -hmm. That people were harassed by the devil. In the uh, Greek language, it, it means that the devil was causing them trouble, causing them hardship, causing them anguish. And notice that Jesus was anointed by the Holy Spirit with power who went about and freeing people or healing people who were in trouble, uh, being experiencing hardship or anguish at the hands of the devil. So what that tells us is many things, but number one, sickness and disease is not of God, it's of the devil. Sickness and disease never has been a blessing to people. It causes hardship, it causes anguish, it causes uh, trouble in people's lives. And so what we need to see is Jesus is all about setting people free from that. And so uh -huh. don't ever let anybody try and tell you that uh, you know, God has a hand in sickness and disease being in people's lives. He does not. He's doing everything he can to deliver and to set people free from that kind of harassment from the enemy. By the way, God doesn't want you being harassed in any area of your life by the devil. He doesn't want you being harassed physically. He doesn't want you being harassed financially. He doesn't want you being harassed spiritually. He doesn't want you being harassed in your mind. He wants us free in every area of our lives. Now, we have been saying all throughout this study, one of the reasons that we're studying these 19 cases of healings that, that we have record of in Jesus' ministry is that if we do what the people did to receive from the Lord, we can receive what they got. Now you're there in Acts chapter 10, look back up a few verses from verse 38 to verse 34, Acts chapter 10 and verse 34, Jesus said this, in truth, or excuse me, Peter said this, in truth, I perceive that God shows no partiality. In other words, God doesn't do good for one and not do good for another. God treats everyone the same. And so when we see people in Jesus' ministry being able to receive healing in their bodies, God, you, you might have heard it said this way, God is no respecter of persons. Mm -hmm. In other words, he doesn't regard one person higher than he regards another. He treats everybody the same, therefore healing is, is made available to each and every one who will dare to receive it. And so we've been studying all the details of these things, looking for these for two reasons. Number one, so that we can receive healing for ourselves. And then number two, so we can learn how to effectively minister healing to other people. Now I tell you, it'll help you to understand when you're ministering to other people, to understand that God is not partial towards anybody. So if he's healed you and me, he'll heal anybody, okay? Mm -hmm. So, you know, don't be trying to figure out in your mind, is it God's will for this person to be healed? Absolutely. 
it's God's will for them to be healed. And so we need to understand that. Now, as we've been saying every week, there's three uh, key earmarks, if you will, uh, that summarize Jesus' ministry. Uh, that is that, and we read this in Mark chapter 4, verse uh, 23, and Matthew, excuse me, I'm getting my scriptures messed up. Mm -hmm. Matthew chapter 4 and verse 23, and Matthew 9 and verse 35 says that Jesus went about preaching the gospel, teaching, and healing all who were sick. So we see here that he, he taught in their synagogues, he preached the gospel of the kingdom, and he healed all kinds of sickness and disease. So what does that tell us? There are three things that were important to Jesus during his ministry, preaching the gospel, teaching the word of God, and then healing. And so the, what is important to Jesus needs to be important to us as well. So we are spending time studying these things, looking at these things, and here's my prayer for you all in, or anybody that hears these messages, and that is this, that faith will arise in our hearts to be able to receive healing in our bodies. And mm -hmm. so I believe, you know, as we're studying these things, I believe you can be healed. You can receive your healing just while we're teaching the word of God. You know, the scripture says, I believe it's in the 107th Psalm. It says that God sent his word and healed the people. And so you can, you can receive your healing just by hearing the word of God. And so it's very, very important. So we're going to look at a case tonight that's found in Luke's gospel. So go with me over to Luke chapter five, Luke chapter five. And uh, again, this is probably a story that you're familiar with. This is the healing of the paralyzed man. And uh, we're gonna read verses 17 through 26. And uh, I'm gonna read it to you out of the Amplified Bible. It's very similar to what you have there. So just follow along. But the Amplified just, you know, says a couple of words different. But Luke chapter 5 and verse 17, it says this, One of those days, as he was teaching, there were Pharisees and teachers of the law sitting by who had come from every village and town of Galilee and Judea and from Jerusalem. And the power of the Lord was present with him to heal them. And behold, some men were bringing on a stretcher a man who was paralyzed, and they tried to carry him in and lay him before Jesus. But finding no way to bring him in because of the crowd, they went up on the roof and lowered him with his stretcher through the tiles into the midst in front of Jesus. And when he, Jesus, saw their confidence in him springing from their faith, he said, Man, your sins are forgiven you. And the scribes and the Pharisees began to reason and question and argue, saying, Who is this man who speaks blasphemies? Who can forgive sins but God alone? But Jesus, knowing their thoughts and questionings, answered them, Why do you question in your hearts? Which is easier to say, Your sins are forgiven you, or to say, or to say Arise and walk about? but that you may know that the Son of Man has the power of authority and right on earth to forgive sins. He said to the paralyzed man, I say to you, arise, pick up your stretcher, and go to your own house. 
And instantly the man stood up before them and picked up what he had been lying on and went away to his house, recognizing and praising and thanking God. And overwhelming astonishment and ecstasy seized them all, and they recognized and praised and thanked God, and they were filled with and controlled by reverential fear and kept saying, we have seen wonderful and strange and incredible and unthinkable things today. Now, we're going to break this down uh, as we have been in the past, verse by verse. But how many of you, before we even dive into that, would agree this was not a normal occurrence? You know, for somebody to be lowered down through the roof of the house is not doesn't happen every day. I mean, matter of fact, this is the only time we see anything like this happening in Jesus' ministry. But I so appreciate uh, how this happened and what happened, and we'll talk more about that in just a moment. But let's look at verse 17. It says, One of those days, as he was teaching, there were Pharisees and teachers of the law sitting by who had come from every village and town of Galilee and Judea and from Jerusalem. So Jesus was in someone's home. Now, I've heard some say this might have been his house. I've heard some say that it might have been Peter's house, but it doesn't matter really. But what I want you to see is, is that there was a gathering of religious leaders in that house from all over that particular area. So, you know, one way we might look at it in modern times is this was a regional ministers meeting and Jesus was speaking at this ministers meeting. And so what I want to highlight, though, is the last part of that verse where it says, and this is so important, and the power of the Lord was present with him to heal them. And so what I want you to see is who was the them that it was talking about? Who was it? The people. What people? The people who were present in the home. Everybody there. Okay. Yes, so it's the power of the Lord was present with Jesus to heal all of them. All right. Mm-hmm. So uh, here's write this down. If, if you will, the power of God was not being selective then, and it is not selective now. The power of God, the healing power of God was not selective then and it is not selective now. In other words, in an environment like that where the anointing is present, God doesn't pick and choose who he's gonna heal and then not heal others. What I want you to see is, is in this environment, the power of God was present to heal anybody in the room who needed healing. All right, Mm -hmm. so that's so very important that we understand that. So. Here's something else we can gather from that. It says, and notice it specifically says, and the power of the Lord was present to heal them. Now, Mm -hmm. if the power of the Lord was present to heal, then what that tells us is Jesus was teaching on healing at that moment. Now, how do we know that? Because the word tells us that whatever is taught on the power of God shows up to perform that which is being taught. Um, If you want to, hold your hand there or put your marker there in Luke 5. We'll come right back there. But let's go over to Mark chapter 16. Mark chapter 16, and I'll show you another 
instance where this very same thing happened. Mark chapter 16, towards the end of uh, the book of Mark, actually it's the last verse. So um, verse 19, so then after the Lord had spoken to them, he was received up into heaven and sat down at the right hand of God. And they, the disciples, went out and preached everywhere, the Lord working with them and confirming the word through accompanying signs. So that tells us that what the disciples went out and started preaching was that, it, and it could have been as broad as Jesus is a miracle worker, but it could have been as specific as Jesus is a healer. And notice what happened when they began to go out and proclaim that the power of God showed up to confirm or to validate that which they were preaching. It says that the Lord working with them and confirming the word through the accompanying signs. Now, it, it, it bears mentioning that um, notice that the power of God did not. Um, let's see. Let me let me use the phrase the Lord working with them and confirming a person. Notice it doesn't say that the Lord working with them and confirming the apostle Peter or James or John or whoever. No, it says he confirmed the word working with them, signs accompanying. So what that tells us is that the power of God, the whole, which obviously is the Holy Spirit, works in conjunction with the word of God being taught to do what? To fulfill that which is being proclaimed. Now, when I was in Bible school, Brother Hagin used to tell us uh, that whatever we wanted in our churches as pastors, that we had to teach on it. So if we wanted healings in our church, then we had to teach on healing. Why? Because the power of God shows up to uh, validate or accompany whatever it is that you teach. If you wanted the gifts of the Spirit to be in operation in your church, then you have to teach on the gifts of the Spirit. Why? Because the people have to hear the Word so they can have faith in order to receive and walk in whatever it is that, that God wants them to walk in. You know, these things just don't happen automatically. It happens as you teach the Word of God. So the, these things will come into manifestation if the Word is taught and then the flip side of that is if the people will believe what is taught. Now, um, somebody tell me real quick, how does faith come? By hearing the word of God, right. So faith is what connects us to the power of God. So we have to teach the word of God so faith can arise in people's hearts so that they have the capacity to believe whatever it is being taught. All right, does that make sense to you? So that's why we take time, uh, either in a Bible study situation like this or at church on Sundays, to teach the Word of God so that people have an opportunity for faith to arise in their hearts so that, <clears throat> excuse me, they can receive what God is wanting them to receive. Now, go back over to Luke with me. Luke chapter 5. Now, as, as Desiree pointed out, um, 
everybody sitting in that room or that household, the power of God was available to them. Mm-hmm. All right. So, and the scripture says again, that the Lord, the, the spirit of God or the Lord was, uh, uh, the power of the Lord was present to heal them. The scripture says, so here's what I want you to see. Everybody in the house could have received, but did they? Well, if you know the end of the story, we know that no, they did not. So Mm -hmm. what that tells us is this, the power of God can be present and people not receive from it. Mm -hmm. See, a lot of times, and and this isn't you all, but a lot of times uh, in church services, people people will leave that church service and not receive from the Lord and they blame it on the Lord or they blame it on the minister when the power of God could have been present in the environment, but they did not receive from it. All right. Mm -hmm. So, so there's a part that the people play just as well. So what is that? We have to release our faith. That's why I encourage you. Maybe I need to encourage people more Don't come to church just to come to church. Set your heart, either before Bible study or before church or whatever, set your heart in faith to believe that you will receive something, that Mm. that you will receive from the power of God that is present Mm. in that environment. We've got to get it out of our heads that, that it's the audience and then whoever's on the platform is performing. That's not the way that this works. The way this works is, yes, there is somebody whom God has chosen to anoint, to present the word of God, but it's the people's responsibility to prepare their own hearts and purpose in their own hearts to receive from that power of God that is present. You know, you can, as a minister, as a pastor or a teacher or whatever, you can do everything you can to prepare, you can pray, you can study, and you know that the anointing is upon you to minister the word, but, but very few, if any, their lives are impacted by the power of God. Why is that? It's because the people have not set their hearts to receive from mm-hmm. the power of God that was present there. All right. Mm-hmm. So, and, and listen, you can't be moved by how you feel in that mm-hmm. environment. The anointing is a spiritual thing. It's not a mm-hmm. physical, tangible thing. Uh, mm-hmm. it, it's not something that you can, uh, and I know how we do, you know, that if we feel goosebumps, if we feel excitement, if we mm-hmm. feel like shouting, then the power of God was present in that environment. But that's not an indicator that the power of God was present at all. Mm -hmm. The power of God can be present and you feel nothing physically. You feel Mm -hmm. nothing emotionally. The power of God may be present and it is designed to minister from the inside out, not the outside in. Now, there are times, yes, when the power of God is present and it does affect us emotionally. And it does almost become tangible where you can feel it, but you cannot base whether the the power of God or the anointing is present on whether you feel it, whether you sense it, whether you have an emotional response or not. 
You have to believe. Now, that's why it's so important where you go to church, okay? Because mm-hmm. you need to go where God sets you, but you also need to be there and know that the anointing is present. So thank God you all obviously are confident in knowing that uh, I do my very best to allow the Holy Spirit to work through me in order to minister to you or else you wouldn't be jumping on Bible study on a Wednesday night. So what I'm saying to you is that we need to be mindful of that because we're gonna see in just a moment that uh, these people missed it, all right? So let me go on. In uh, one of Jesus's conversations with Brother Hagin, uh, Brother Hagin, uh, this was many, many years ago, had a vision from the Lord and, and the Lord Jesus appeared to him and the Lord Jesus spoke to him and he said this, he said that when he, Jesus was on the earth, he was the manifestation of the power of God. You have to understand something. Prior to Jesus being in the earth, the, the power of God was shut up in the Holy of Holies behind the veil. And not everybody could go in and experience the power of God like that. Only the high priest could go in one time a year on the Day of Atonement. So there was a great change that took place when Jesus was baptized in the River Jordan by John, the scripture says that the anointing came upon him at that time. And so from that point forward, Jesus was an outward manifestation of the Holy Spirit in the earth. And so what's, what's different okay, about that was he was one man. But he was one man that was anointed. So, so let me say this to you. As you study the Gospels, don't look at Jesus as, as doing what he did as the Son of God. No, the Bible tells us in Philippians chapter 2 that he laid aside everything that made him divine and became a man just like we are, but he was anointed by the Holy Spirit. So, But he was still one man, and everywhere he went, He was a manifestation of the power of God to Mm -hmm. the people that he came in contact with. All right. So so he went about and uh, what the Lord told him was. So for the first time in human history, get this, the manifested power of God was out mingling with people. God had never done that before. God had never manifested himself that way in the earth before. So this was the first time in human history that the the power of God, the anointing of God was out ministering and mingling among the people. Now here's what's so cool. Um, Jesus is no longer here in the earth, is he? No. No, the scripture says he's in heaven seated Mm -hmm. at the right hand of the Father, interceding for us. So who did he send in his place? Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit. Okay, now listen to this. The difference between the church age that we live in now and even when Jesus ministered was the fact that the Holy Spirit anointed one man to work and to function as God willed. After... Mm -hmm the day of Pentecost, the Holy Spirit was sent into the earth, and now the church is the body of Christ, and we all can carry 
that same anointing. Now the scripture says in the gospel of John that Jesus had the Holy Spirit without measure. You and I have the Holy Spirit with measure. But here's what's cool about it. As we come together as the body of Christ, we take on that Holy Spirit without measure since like Jesus had. That's why we need each other. And that's why the body of Christ is so important. But here's what I want you to see. And this is what Jesus was, was getting to with Brother Hagin when he was telling him this, is after the Holy Ghost had been poured out, the, the, the power of God is now poured out in mass in the earth. In other words, the Holy Spirit doesn't just rest on one man. He is everywhere all the time. That's how come you can be, you can be a sinner sitting in a bar and all of a sudden the gospel, something happens and the gospel comes alive to you. And even though you're sitting in that bar, you can uh, believe in your heart that Jesus died for you and that he was raised mm -hmm. from the dead. Confess mm -hmm. him the Lord of your life and the spirit of God will go to work on the inside of you to cause you to be born again. Why? Because he, he's everywhere at the same time. All right. Mm -hmm. So very important for us to understand why. Because wherever the Holy Spirit is, the healing power of God is present all the time. So the Holy Spirit, the power of God is present everywhere and available to everyone. Mm -hmm. There is enough healing power present in every single hospital room, every cancer clinic, everywhere that there's a need but the people in that environment must know that he is present and believe and cooperate with that healing power. Mm -hmm. So, so I, I want you to understand that. And we've got to get that in our thinking because we almost have a misbelief that people can only be healed when a certain environment is met or, you know, like they have to come to church. And there, uh, you know how I, I love church and I feel, uh, you know how I feel about church, but I, I want you to understand something. Somebody can get saved in the grocery store. Mm -hmm. Somebody can get healed now, hallelujah. in the grocery store. Somebody hallelujah. can get healed no matter where they are because mm -hmm. the power of God is present everywhere all the mm -hmm. time and available to whoever will receive from it. Okay. So we've got to change our thinking a little mm -hmm. bit. We've got to understand that. All right. So how then, if the healing power of God is available everywhere all the time, then how do we believe and how do we cooperate with it? Well, you receive and cooperate with the power of God by your words and by your actions. Mm-hmm. Okay. You, you cooperate with the healing power of God by your words and by your actions. Mm -hmm. Hugely important that we understand this. Okay. So listen, it doesn't matter. That's why we need to learn to be sensitive to the Holy spirit because here's the cool thing about the Holy spirit. He knows people's hearts. You don't. Mm -hmm. Okay. He knows Amen. who's ready and who's not. You don't. Okay. That's why you can be someplace, you know, where 
like the grocery store or whatever, you might be somewhere and the Holy Spirit move upon you to minister to someone. Mm-hmm. It's because he knows what's going in their heart. You don't. Mm-hmm. All right. So that's why we have to develop that sensitivity. All right. So let's look at Luke 5, verse 18. Luke so I want you to keep in the back of your mind and the power of the Lord was present to heal them. Verse 18, then behold, men brought, uh, some men were bringing on a stretcher, a man who was paralyzed and they tried to carry him in and lay him before Jesus. Mm-hmm. But, but, but finding no way to bring him in because of the crowd, they went up on the roof and lowered him with his stretcher through the tiles into the midst in front of Jesus. So I think you would agree with me that, of course, we don't know how large this house was, but obviously there were a lot of people in that place at that moment. Mm -hmm. There was a lot of people there because obviously there were people standing in front of the door, blocking the door. There were people in the hallway. There were people everywhere, you know, just wanting to hear what Jesus had to say, not to mention the place was loaded with religious leaders of the day. Okay, Mm -hmm. but I want you to see something about these men who had their buddy on a stretcher. Now, my hat goes off to these men. We don't know how many. Let's assume four, you know, one on each corner of the stretcher. Uh, You know, they were great friends to that guy Mm -hmm. because that man was paralyzed. He had no way to be able to get in to hear Jesus. But these Mm -hmm. men thought enough about Jesus and his ministry, and they thought enough about their friend that they were willing to do whatever it took to get their friend in before Jesus. When there was no access, they made an access to Jesus. Mm -hmm. Uh, Can I say it to you this way? They refused to be denied. You know, mm-hmm. it would have been Man. easy for them to peek inside the door maybe and see, well, you know, there's no way we're getting in there tonight mm-hmm. and just go home and take their buddy back home. And the paralyzed man would, would have still been paralyzed. But because they loved him and they knew mm-hmm. something about Jesus, they were willing to do whatever it took to get him in. Now, I want to ask you a question. Could you have done that? Would, would you have done that? How bad... Number one, do you want your healing? And number two, how bad would you want somebody else to receive their healing? All right. How bad do we want it? You know, John Osteen, Joel Osteen's dad, preached a message uh, one time, and I love this. It's on YouTube. You can go and listen to it. It's, it the title of his message was, is, How Big Is Your Want To? And what the oh. message was about is, the problem with a lot of believers today in receiving from the Lord is our want to is not big enough. In other words, these guys had want to, they wanted to get this guy, their friend before Jesus. They wanted him to be, to receive from Jesus. So this shows how determined they were for this man to receive his feeling, his healing. He had faith friends that were willing to do whatever it takes for this man to receive his healing. And I want to say to each and every one of us, if you don't have faith friends like that in your life, you need to get some. Because there's going to be times when you're going to be in need and you're going to need some faith friends that are going to maybe not lower you through the roof, but are going to want to do anything they can to make sure 
that you receive from the Lord the way God wants you to. Now, write this down, please. Faith will do what is not convenient. Faith will do what is not convenient. Faith will do what is not convenient. Now, I'm going to be honest with you. In the culture we live in today, people look for convenience. Mm -hmm. Now, I'm going to say something to you. And, and again, you all are, are here, so I'm preaching to the choir, I know. Uh, faith doesn't look for the easy way out. Faith does whatever it takes. It perseveres until it receives what it desires. Mm -hmm. And I think that uh, you might have heard me say this before. I think people today, Christians today, need to get some backbone instead of wishbone. Okay, because uh, if there's one thing that, that I would say is missing in culture today is the fact that people aren't willing to do what it takes no matter what it is that they're doing. You know, uh, whether it's working a job, you know, it's not like uh, so those of us who are older, you know, um, you know, when I went to work, when I was when I had graduated from high school, I would walk to work. I'd walk over two miles one way to work at a little grocery store that was in, uh, near our neighborhood just so I could bag groceries. Now, I'm not bragging on me, but I'm saying, you know, a lot of, lot of young folks today uh, wouldn't do that because uh -uh. it's not convenient mm -hmm. and, and because nobody could take them, put them in the car and take them. Sometimes you got to do what's inconvenient. You know, I love the fact... Um, you know, I live uh, just a couple of miles away from Carowinds, and, you know, it used to impress me so much where I would see young people uh, in the heat of the summer. I mean, when the, in the morning when it's 90 degrees, I'd see them walking up the road to Carowinds to go work at that park all day long, stand in that heat, listen to people gripe and complain and do whatever, and walk home, I would see them walking to work and I'd see them walking home. And you know what? My hat would go off to them. I would, of course, they couldn't hear me, but I'd say, you go because you're showing somebody some determination that mm -hmm. you're willing to do whatever it takes. So here's what I want you to see is that what we see here is a perfect example of faith in action. Mm -hmm. Now, when you pray and you believe God for something in the Word of God, do not let go until you get your answer. Mm -hmm. Even if it means you've got to be inconvenienced. Even if it means that, you know, it, it happens, uh, it doesn't happen tomorrow. Mm -hmm. Hang on to it. Stay in faith. All right? Now, look at verse 20, Luke chapter 4. Uh, five and verse 20. That's, mm. I'm, that's my soapbox for the day. I'll get off my soapbox now. All right. <laughs> Luke chapter five, verse 20. And when he saw, he, Jesus, saw their confidence in him springing from their faith, he said, man, your sins are forgiven you. Now, I want you to think about this for, for a moment. The Bible says in Romans chapter 10 that faith is of the heart. 
Faith mm -hmm. is not visible. Faith is invisible. But yet it says Jesus saw their faith. How did mm -hmm. he see their faith? He mm -hmm. saw it through their actions. Mm -hmm. And listen, you can talk a big game, but mm -hmm. when it comes to faith being demonstrated, it's going to show up in our actions. Mm -hmm. Now, I'm not talking about being foolish, but it's going to mm -hmm. take our actions. That's what Jesus saw was their, was their faith through their actions. See, people can know where your faith is by not just listening to what you say, but watching mm -hmm. what you do. And listen, people, you, you need to know this. People are watching you. People mm -hmm. are hoping that what you stand for as far as this Jesus thing, that it is real. They're hoping <laughs> that it's real. And so they're watching our lives to see how we behave, how we do when the pressure is on, when... Uh -huh. You know, the heat is turned up, if you will. They want to know if this Jesus thing is real. So they're mm -hmm. watching, not listening to just what they say, what we say. Mm -hmm. They're watching our actions. Okay. Mm -hmm. So how do we show Jesus our faith? By what we say and by what we do. Now, I want you to notice what Jesus did, how he responded to this man. Notice it says, mm -hmm. he said, man, your sins are forgiven you. Now, why would Jesus, why would Jesus say that? Take a guess. Why do you, why do you think Jesus would say that? The Holy Spirit told him to. Okay. <laughs> what else? Hmm. I would say because uh, most sicknesses and, and diseases come from you know, uh, could, could possibly come from where sin has entered in. Yeah, exactly. As Desiree said, the Holy Spirit instructed the Lord to say that to the man. Why? Because apparently sin in this man's life must have been at the root cause of what caused his paralysis. It could have been what opened the door to sickness and disease in the man's life. Or it could be this. It could be because of the past the life that the man lived. He was a sinful man. And because of his past, mm -hmm. he couldn't let go of his past and receive his healing. You know, it that can happen with people in both ways. Number one, people can open the door to the devil through sin and sickness and disease, make an entrance into their lives, or people can have sickness and disease and because of shame and guilt that they carry because of their past life, they find it difficult to receive healing from the Lord because again, they, they feel ashamed, they feel guilty. So it could have been either one with this guy, but the fact of the matter is Jesus was led to respond and to say, man, your sins are forgiven you. So what Jesus did for this man is he opened the door. He eliminated the sin problem and opened the door for the man to be able to freely receive his healing. Mm. So uh, look at verse 21. It says, and the scribes and the Pharisees 
Remember, he's at a minister's conference. And so the scribes and the Pharisees began to reason, saying, Who is this who speaks blasphemies? Who can forgive sins but God alone? But Jesus perceived their thoughts. Let me read it to you out of the Amplified. But Jesus, knowing their thoughts and questionings, answered them, Why do you question in your hearts? Now, how did he know what they were questioning in their heart? The Holy Spirit revealed it to him. And so he says, verse 23, which is easier to say, your sins are forgiven you, or to say, arise and walk about? Now notice Jesus in verse 23, he did not say, what, which is harder to say? He, he very purposely, remember I said, pay attention to details. He very purposely said, which is easier to say, your sins are forgiven or get up and walk? All right. So he specifically used the word easy because easy is either forgiveness or healing. Healing is just as easy to the Lord as forgiving sins and forgiving sins is just as easy to the Lord as healing is. None of them, neither one of them are harder than the other is what I want you to see. So Jesus, it was just as easy for Jesus to forgive the man's sin as it was for, the, for his healing to come. So Jesus, because it may be hard for us, does it, he said this, just because it may be a hard thing for us doesn't mean it's a hard thing for him. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I, one thing that uh, I have to, or have had to rather, really renew my mind to the fact is no matter what the need is in my life that I'm facing, it is an easy thing to God. Just because it might seem hard to me and it might seem hard to you does not mean it's hard for God. Okay. So listen, don't, uh, don't measure the difficulty on God based on the, the, the size of your need. It's an easy thing for the Lord. All right. Look at verse 24. He says, but that you may know that the son of man has the power of authority and right on earth to forgive sins. He said to the paralyzed man, I say to you, arise, pick up your stretcher and go to your own house. Mm -hmm. So here's what Jesus was saying. Number one, I have authority to do that. And number two, mm -hmm. both sayings are going to end up with the same results. Mm -hmm. Man, your sins are forgiven or rise up, take up your, your, your stretcher and go home. Both of them in this man's case would have the same results. It's very important that we understand that. So if you were there that day, uh, would you have been able to visibly see that the man's sins were forgiven? No. No. But you actually could by the fact that the man picked up his bed and walked. Mm -hmm. Right. Okay. Do you see that? So yeah. if you were there that day, you would not have been able to visibly see that the man was forgiven, but you surely would have been able to see that he was healed and mm -hmm. his healing came about because he was forgiven. Therefore, mm -hmm. Jesus raised him up to prove that he had forgiven his sins. Okay. So it's, it's, Good for us to understand that. Now, did Jesus pray for the man? No. No. Did he lay hands on the man? No. What did he do? 
spoke. Oh, spoke, and what did he do with his speaking? What were the instructions? Pick up your bed and walk. All right. So <laughs> Jesus gave the man something to obey. You remember, we have seen this in several of these cases where mm -hmm. Jesus would speak to the person desiring to receive healing and would give them a what's called a command of faith, and they mm -hmm. had the choice whether they were going to obey that or not, and it would determine whether they received their healing. So Jesus didn't pray for the man. He didn't lay hands on the man. He gave the man something to obey. Miracles begin with obeying the word that Jesus has given you. Mm -hmm. Whether it's a specific word like this or a, a general word from the written word of God. Now, mm -hmm. I want to emphasize this to us. Uh, obeying that word does not earn your healing. You, you, please don't fall into that trap of believing mm -hmm. that obeying the word of God uh, is what earns your healing. It doesn't. Obedience positions you for your healing. It would do you good to write that down. Obedience does not earn your healing. Obedience positions you for your healing. It's the same thing in any area, it, it, you know, whether with finances, you know, as we've been teaching on Sundays, uh, tithing does not earn us anything. Tithing positions us for God to be able to move in our lives. Mm -hmm. Okay. So, uh, when, when the man obeyed what Jesus told him to do, the mm -hmm. healing power of God met him at his point of obedience. Mm -hmm. And the same thing is true for anybody who would dare receive. When he obeyed what Jesus told him to do, the healing power of God met him at the point of his obedience. And here's what I want us to get. The healing power of God, the provisional power of God, whatever the power of God that we need is going to meet us at the point of our obedience. Okay? Mm -hmm. So very, very important. So let's look at verse 25. Luke 5, verse 25. Notice it says, And instantly the man stood up before them, picked up what he had been lying on and went away to his house, recognizing and praising and thanking God. Now, I want to ask you a question. Did the man have a choice in the matter? Yes. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Okay. He could have looked up at Jesus and said, Jesus, I can't stand up. I'm paralyzed. How do you expect mm -hmm. me to get up and carry my bed? I can't do that. It's been years since I've been able to move like that. Well, guess what? He, mm -hmm. he would not have received his healing. So, it's implied in this that somehow the man took some kind of action. You know, I, I know a minister one time uh, that I heard him say, you know, if you can't move anything but your pinky or your big toe, move mm -hmm. something in obedience to the word of God. And so it mm -hmm. says that when the man obeyed, that he stood up and picked up what he'd been lying on and went away to his house, recognizing and praising and thanking God, and overwhelming astonishment seized them all, and they recognized and praised and thanked God. 
And they were filled with and controlled by reverential fear and kept saying, what we have seen wonderful and strange and incredible and unthinkable <laughs> things today. Now I want to go back to verse 17 in Luke chapter five, verse 17. So it says again, now it happened on a certain day as he was teaching that there were Pharisees and teachers of the law sitting by who had come out of every town of Galilee, Judea and Jerusalem and the power of the Lord was present to heal them. Mm -hmm. How many got healed? One. One. You see how all these other people, healing was available to whoever mm -hmm. was in that environment that needed healing in their body. But only one mm -hmm. person received mm -hmm. from the healing power that was present. Why? Because they made up their mind and purposed in their heart that they were going to receive. And they obeyed the word that Jesus gave them. And, and I'm mm -hmm. telling you, uh, if, if this... If this story, this example, this case doesn't show anything to us except this, that no one else was healed that day, but they all could have been. Mm -hmm. Now, notice mm -hmm. it was not Jesus' fault that they didn't get healed. If they needed it, whose fault was it if they didn't leave their healed that day? Theirs. Their fault. Okay. So I, I want us to get that. Uh, now, here the last thing I want us to see is this. Notice the people were overwhelmed with astonishment, and they recognized and praised and thanked God. So mm -hmm. now, not the religious leaders. This is everybody else. The religious leaders got mad. But here's what I want you to see. This man's healing had an impact on the other people that were present there that day. If, if they did not receive their healing when they could have, at least they could leave the facility, they could leave the house, they could leave the environment and say, we saw the healing power of God in manifestation. Now, the question could be, well, then how come you didn't receive? Well, uh, 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 what? okay, that's a whole different issue. But the fact of the matter is, they cannot deny that the power of God was present there in that situation. Mm -hmm. All right. So did you get anything out of this? Yes. Uh, yes. All right. So the healing power of God. And, and if there's one main truth I want you to get tonight, and that is this, mm -hmm. the healing power of God is available everywhere all the time to anyone oh. who will dare to receive it. Mm-hmm. The healing power of God, because the Holy Spirit is the healing power of God. He is everywhere, all the time, and available to whoever will receive from Him. And that's the beautiful thing about the time that we live in, this dispensation. You know, thank God we don't live in the Old Testament, you know, um, where, the, where the power of God was locked up in the Holy of Holies. I mean, you know, I'm so glad that I wasn't born then. I was born now, and God saw fit to have me live during the, this dispensation so that I could experience firsthand the power of God. That's why it's going to be so cool when you get to heaven, all these Old Testament saints. You know, we're going to, uh, 
we're going to be wanting to talk to Moses and David and all of those guys to, you know, just to see what it was like to slay Goliath. What was it like to cross the Red Sea? You know what? They're going to be wanting to talk to you to find out what was it like to have the power of God that was in the Holy of Holies living on the inside of you in the person of the Holy Spirit. What was that like? They never yes. got to experience that. Okay? Yes. You and I get Hallelujah. to experience that. They're, they don't, you. you know, think about it. What They're going to want to know, what was it like for the Holy Ghost to be able to speak through you in this thing called speaking in other tongues? What, 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 what is that? Li- what was that like? Tell me, what was that like? And they're going to want to yes. know from you. You know, they'll say, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll tell you my story in a little bit. What what was it like for you to have the heavenly father living on the inside of you? What was it like for you to have his power resting upon you? So it's going to be an exciting time. But but I want us to get this and know that, that this is available to whoever, whenever and wherever. Amen. Amen. All right. Praise the Lord. Thanks once again for tuning in to the Spring Hill Church podcast. We hope that you have been blessed by today's message. If you would like more information about the church, please feel free to visit us at springhill.cc.